When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yo, yo, yo. This is Stephen USSR Robinson on Powerful.tv. A big fight weekly for a special fight at Focus with Chris and Stu. Tune in. Boom! And a big, big thank you to Steve Robinson, who's on just an hour or so ago. And we are back for a second dose. It's the double build today of Powered4.tv Big Fight Weekly with myself, Stuart Palmer, and my co-host and cousin, Chris Hume. How are we, Chris? Good, mate. Good. Ready and to I, rock and, and roll. I know, and I know how much you've wanted to plug and put your thoughts across about a huge bumper card which is going to be UFC 267, headlined by light heavyweight champion Jan Blahovic and Glover Tejera, another veteran who's had quite, you know, he's been on the upsurge, hasn't he, Chris? And, and it will be held at Etihad Arena in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, Chris. It's actually the first numbered card away from the US since Bisping and Dan Henderson 2, which was on in Manchester for UFC 204. You corrected me on that as well, because someone said about UFC 138 being the last number card away from the US. So, yeah, thanks for correcting me on that. But, yeah, your thoughts on the main event and how it is going to go? Well, let's just start off... Um... You know, with Jan Blahovic and Glover Tashev is really good runs. You know, you know, Jan from you know getting the title and Glover Tashera from, you know, his title shot against John Jones all those years ago and then getting himself back on a run. You know, let's look at Jan Blahovic's um last four fights. Um he beat Israel Adesanya, you know, a few short months ago. And it was, you know, in a fantastic fight. He looked absolutely brilliant. He nullified uh Izzy's kickboxing he, he showed that is he can be taken down at light heavyweight i'm not sure what it'd be like at middleweight for izzy but light heavyweight he took izzy down didn't he and controlled him on the floor in the last couple of rounds you know really nullified uh adesanya's sort of skill set you know before that uh was in dubai last year uh fight island when he fought dominic reyes after john jones stepped away from that as a champion to, to pursue his move up to heavyweight he beat dominic reyes in fantastic fashion cleaned him out he made you know dominic reyes do the chicken dance 
finished him on the floor. Um, then before that dominant Reyes fight to set up for the you know the number one contender was is again was again sorry current Bellator number one contender out of, of their light heavyweight tournament Corey Anderson and he cleaned him straight out put his lights out. And um, they've had a few back and forwards over the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you've seen Corey Anderson no. and Gamblahovic. No, please, um, uh, please digress on that one. I'd like to hear how that's been going. He's basically Jan's sort of saying, you know, Corey isn't good enough, and that's why he's gone to the B leagues, and that's how he's becoming a, a number one contender. They have fought before. Jan knocked him out, and Corey Anderson beat him uh, just more or less for the grappling on the ground. Um, but we haven't really seen much of Jan Blachowicz struggle on the ground, but that was one fight in particular. But he did get his revenge and knock Corey Anderson out before Corey Anderson then obviously skirted off to Bellator. Okay, we go to Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira's had some big hitters, you know, on his way up to getting this title shot. He, he fought Tiago Santos, um, and that was a really grueling fight for him. He did get dropped by Tiago Santos, but he used his grappling again, um, controlled that fight, and ended up winning that fight. Anthony Smith... Um, Looked look like he was struggling in the first round against Anthony Smith, but he turned it round, knocked Anthony Smith's teeth out through the guard, didn't he? The mouth guard. Um, and Nikia Krotov, who was um, one of those sort of fighters coming up through light heavyweight, people were thinking he was going to do the next big thing. Nope, Glover Teixeira stopped that hype train, you know, completely derailed it. And this is where we're at now. Jan Blachowicz versus Glover Teixeira. Two Older guys for the division, you know, Glover Teixeira is in his, I think he's 41, 42. Yeah, he is, he is, mate, yeah. Um, Jan Blachowicz is in his late 30s, but, you know, from looking at both guys here, and I'm just going to take this image off the screen. Um, no problem. They, they are seasoned, but still looking extremely mm. good. Um, now, if we go into the fight, um, Glover Teixeira... I look at his last fights and I did a bit more watching of it today. And you know, his, his his boxing has come on so much from that John Jones fight. I know John Jones fight, he um I think he dislocated or he hurt did something to Glover's ligaments into his arm and couldn't strike. But if you look back after that, um Glover to share his striking it has come on so much. His combinations up against the fence, uh, up in close quarters in in the pocket, his combinations are fantastic, really, really, really good. But like I say, it's takedowns and been able to hold these guys, these big guys down and actually maul them on the floor. Not just with strikes, he's got a lot of good submissions wins as well as Glover Teixeira. I just don't know if he can do that against Jan Blachowicz with a guy who's defended 65% of takedowns in UFC. As a, uh, imagine, imagine he could break through and do that though. I know looking at, as you said, you put up a number there. Uh, imagine he could overcome, you know, that and then be successful with that. But it's possible. How, how do you feel on that one? Do you think he can do it? I think if, if, if say, Jan Blahovic drops uh, Glover Teixeira, because Glover Teixeira has been dropped, he is a bit chinny now, but you've got to look at his 40, 41, 42 years of age. You know what I mean? Your chin isn't going to withstand forever. And he's been in with some heavy hitters, Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, all heavy hitters. Um I, I, I think if, if Jan Blachowicz gets too excited, he drops him and runs into the guard of Clover Teixeira. I think that's where I think he's going to get in trouble because if he shows his hips, as soon as he goes into that guard, Clover Teixeira, he did it to Tiago Santos, he did it to Santity Smith, and he'll sweep them and he'll use you know use their own momentum against them. I don't think he's going to do that to Jan Blachowicz. I think Jan Blachowicz, you, sure, you saw sorry how good he was with his kickboxing skills against one of the best in Izzy Adesanya. Um, and he played on the outside 
And when he had to come in, he came in, but he came, he went straight back out again and circled. I think he'll do this to Glover Teixeira. I think he's going to put him up against the fence. And even though Glover Teixeira is quite good with his boxing yeah. up against the fence, mm-hmm. I think this, as, as Amber Hubbard puts it, he used that Polish power only. He used that Polish power. And I, I think he's going to drop Glover Teixeira. And I think he's going to knock Glover Teixeira out. I see, I myself personally think he's going to beat him in the second round. And I think he's going to use that, as he says, Polish power and KO Glover Teixeira in the second round. I think it's just the power and the momentum Jan Blachowicz has after the Izzy fight, not saying Glover Teixeira doesn't have any momentum, but you know, you just beat him on the best pound for pound fighters in the UFC currently in Adesanya. I think that momentum is going to keep going for Jan Blachowicz. It would, it would lead you to believe that. I know obviously Izzy went up for a middleweight, you know, it was all, it was all on him going up, but yeah, he, he looked, he looked fantastic. I'd like to just go into some numbers here. So Jan is now 28 and eight career. 11 and mm-hmm. 11 and 5 in the UFC. Glover Teixeira, 32 and 7, 15 and 5 in the UFC. And then into the betting odds, Chris. We'll do mm-hmm. Vegas, Vegas style odds here, which okay. we show on screen. 300 minus 300 favorite is Yam. So, like what going to what you're saying. And then a plus 235 for Glover Teixeira. And uh, Blahovic, get your words out. Not nice. lost since 2016 against Alexander Gustafsson. But then, as you said, Glover is on a four-fight win streak himself. So it is perfectly poised, Chris. There's the numbers behind the fight. And don't forget, they both have lost uh, to G- G- uh, Gustafsson as well. Don't yeah. forget, in that division. And Gustafsson knocked out Glover Deschera in, I think, in the, in the last round in Sweden. Really badly knocked out Glover Deschera. But Glover Deschera is, uh, you know, he's like a Duracell bunny, isn't he? Just keeps ticking away. Um, you've got to be hats off to him. Uh, you know, in this day and age of uh, MMA, where you're getting so many newcomers and different facets and multi-skilled fighters, and he's still there beating these guys to get a title shot. Uh, I, I'm interested. I, I mean, I, I like Lambohovic. I think he's, he's just an all-round good guy. You've seen it in interviews, the way he portrays him himself, and so does Club Deshera. I don't mind who wins or loses this fight, but I, you know, what I mean, I, I got to go for the European guy in uh, Lambohovic just because of what he's done in his last fight. He's one of the best pound for pound. There is no question that. We look forward to that at main event, Chris. I know how much you've been looking forward to this card. Are we going to move on to Pete, Ian and Corey? Have we got any comments before that? Is there anything in? We have one, but Lewis Young. Hello, Lewis. You're watching us earlier on as well. How do you think the main event will go, Lewis? Me and Chris would like to hear what you think. What's your prediction for that? I'm moving on, Chris. Well, we covered it when it was obviously Pete, Ian, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just Al- going to go straight Al- into. Uh, yeah, yeah, you've been you've been very vocal about Aljamain Sterling. You said on that night the disqualification loss. Obviously, he, he he won he won the belt, didn't he? But the thing is, I know how much you said it was an Oscar winning performance from Aljamain Sterling. One hundred percent, mate. Um, I'll put this. I'll put it to you this way, and then people that are watching will hopefully share the same opinion. Jan uh, Yan was in control of that fight against Aljo Sterling. Um, the sweeps, the striking, the body shots, things that P- Petty Yan does is, is fantastic. He puts that much pressure on you that he tires these guys out. These elite fighters, Jose Aldo, tied him out for that title fight back in Dubai again. It was a few, of, I think, last year in Fight Island. Tired Aldo out, completely tired Aldo out, just because of the skill set that Petty Yan and the pressure he brings. Um, you know what I mean? He's fantastic on the ground. And I think, you know what I mean? If you look at um, Petty, Petty Yan, uh, when he takes you down, he's absolutely a beast when he's got back control and it, it wastes no time you know and getting guys out of the octagon 
this fight's different, though, I think, because I like Corey, I like Corey Sanhagen. He was very, I think, very unlucky to a degree against TJ Dillashaw. For a guy that's like TJ Dillashaw, that's TJ, TJ Dillashaw, if I get this yeah. my name out properly, is a bit chinny. And you've seen him get dropped in fights. And we spoke about this when they, you know, they did fight Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw. He didn't get through him, though, did he? Unfortunately, TJ went on the right, but TJ obviously injured his knee in that fight. Hence why we haven't seen Patty Ann versus TJ Dillashaw for this one. But the skill and the sets, the sorry, the set of skills that Sanhagen can throw at Patty Ann is dangerous. The spinning kicks, the foot movements, mm-hmm. it just shows so many different rays of his facet skills he's got. It could trouble Patty Ann, but one thing I, I've watched today, Patty Ann likes to catch kicks and he's good at catching those kicks and working them out when they're coming and taking him down. As good as San- Corey Sanhagen is on the floor, I think as uh, Peter Yan gets Sanhagen on the floor, I think it's just going to be a lot, you know, just like him in the mm-hmm. deep end. Because once Yan's got you on the floor, I, people struggle to get off it. For him to get yeah. them to get, well, I can't get the words out of you. For him, for them to get off, um, I just see, I just see like the pressure of Peter Yan's going to be too much for Sanhagen. I think mm-hmm. he's going to, he's going to struggle. They both like switching stances, I've noticed. That's yeah, one the footwork. Co- that, that's one common thing with them two, isn't it? You know, I've, I've watched uh, quite quite a lot, obviously, through doing the show, and I know how much you like to analyse and dissect what they're doing. I've noticed that. And then, and with Sandhagen, he's elusive. He will circle. Mm-hmm. As much as, you know, a lot of people are going with Peter Yan for the victory, but, you know, in the same token with Peter Yan, Chris... You know, he, he doesn't like to move back, does he? Uh, you know, in his own right. And he'll punch nope. off it. He punches off the rear hand as well. And, and, you know, to allude to what you were saying, it's power and combos, isn't it, from Peter Yan that Sam Hagen's got to be careful of too. The constant pressure, yeah. Constant. Like you say about Sam Hagen, he's got a hell of a good jab as uh, Corey Sam Hagen. As you saw against, <laughs> against Dillashaw, he was always in that. Uh, the straight jab was there all the time for him. I don't know if he's going to get that with Peter Yan because I think Peter Yan also is a very good boxer. Um, it's a really contrasted set of skills between them, and it's a good clash of styles, isn't it? Really uh, exciting fight. This fight could steal, like the event, it could steal it, and it, it wouldn't shock me either. I'm, I'm really interested to see where this one goes. Obviously, the winner then faces Sterling when he decides to come off his podium for his fucking <laughs> oct- you know, it, Oscar winning. He'll it, be polishing his Oscar, I reckon. I'm not into this. Um, we spoke about this with Steve Robinson an hour ago about interim titles. I'm not in. I'm not into this being an interim bantamweight. This should just be whoever wins why, this. Face, why? Faces. Why do they do it? Why did the UFC brass Dana White? Why do they allow the interim in in your mind? As much as you're against it, I just think I think to keep everyone sort of on it. Oh, it's a belt. It's uh, a belt, isn't it? Yeah, give the prestige to it, even though you're not officially champ. No, I, and it's not for me personally. Um, no. But you know, I'm, I'm, I don't work for UFC, nor do I have any power no. over it. So you know, I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting fight. I think I think we're going to see, you know, both guys going for it. You know, they, they both want to have that title, and they both want to beat. Well, I know Peter Yan definitely wants to beat Arjo Sterling. Corey Sanhagen has lost to Cor- uh, Sterling as well. Mm. Don't forget. So you'd want to get that one back. It's an interesting fight. I'm looking forward to you know the storyline after it. Current Vegas odds, Chris. Just to, I won't be I won't be doing numbers all all the time. It was just for the two big fights of the card. All the fights are solid, actually. But yeah. Peter Yan, Peter Yan on the Vegas odds minus two three five. 
as favourite. Sandhagen plus one nine five, so it's quite close because we've had a lot wider. We've had yeah, a lot wider. Mi- we've had we've had people minus two thousand before now, haven't we? You know, the likes of your Amanda Nunes, it's uh, you know any of the top people uh, have been ridiculous. So it's quite tight on the betting so far. Whether that'll increase in Jan's favour as we get closer, we shall see. I think there's a lot of underdogs in this on this card, isn't there? And I think the betting's going to be close. I think a lot of people are going to be thinking, well, you know, Corey Sanhagen's a very, very good underdog to go for if you're betting. Um, so, you know, if you've got a bit of money and you think Corey could do it, why not put, you know, a couple of quid on him? Absolutely. Are we ready for Makachev and Hooker, Chris? Oh, no, uh, here we are. Ramel, Miro TV. Sup, guys? Sure, it's late in the Philippines now. So uh, good to have you on again, Ramel. And uh, yeah, Ramel, if you've got any um, thoughts or feelings on the card and how you think it's going to go, put your comments in, man. We'd like to hear from you. You're well-versed, aren't you? Yeah, Is Islam Makachev 20-1, and one, as Quite Chris has put in the title there, on New Zealand's very own BMF, Dan the Handman Hooker, who himself is 21-10. and 10. The thing I was looking at, Chris, n- numbers again, was the inch that the reach advantage of Hooker at 75 inches, Chris, with Islam Makachev at 70 and a half? Do you see that being a factor? Um, maybe if if Makachev's pushing Hooker against defense, but Hooker is quite good off the fence using his uh, his, re- his reach from his because his, his legs, you know, he's a tall guy, so he's good at push kicks, he, you know, the jab to get him away from Makachev, it could possibly cause some sort of issue for Makachev. I think he's that type of elite fighter is Makachev that I think he works around that. Um, you saw it against Moises in his last fight that, you know, he had a bit of trouble now and again with the striking. Wasn't scared to go in there and strike back with Moises. Um, I just think Dan Hooker, Dan Hooker's, you know, he's, he's, he's fought, what, a couple of weeks ago on UFC 266, mm-hmm. which you got to give hats off. He had all those yeah. problems with his visa trying to get in, you know, and, and to take this fight on short notice, mm-hmm. it's hard to train for someone like Makachev where you're not in New Zealand with the guys that you normally train with and trying to find someone who can sort of mirror image Makachev in this fight. I I, I can't, for being short notice, it's going to be a really tough task mm. for Dan, Dan Hooker. But, you know, I can see him maybe winning a round or two, not two, sorry, maybe winning a round um, before I think Makachev will get hold of the fight and I think he'll take, he'll drag Hooker down to the ground. I think just control him. You might see a lot, might see some, Submission attempts from Makachev. You're obviously going to see a lot of Dan Hooker fighting off his back. Um, I didn't know, I didn't realise this, but Drew Dober beat Dan Hooker and Makachev wiped the floor of Drew Dober. So, I know he, you can't really go off that. So, you can correlate, you can correlate it, Chris, whereby, you know, they have fought the same person. And, you know, a lot of the times you can kind of gauge how they're going to get on when, you know, said two guys come together, you know, after having the same opponent. So, yeah, you know, it does beg, yeah. the, does beg, the, does the, beg the question sometimes. Yeah, I, I think with me, I think Makachev is going to take control, and I think probably be from mm-hmm. the second round, maybe the last last minute or so in the first round. Once he's figured Dan Hooker out, I think he's just going to take Hooker down and give him a, a really bad beating on the ground. Like I say, he's going to go for submissions because I'm sure you'd want to finish. Dan Hooker is in the top ten, you know that it's 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 a big sc- escape for his name, you know, for a scalp for Makachev for Hooker on there because mm-hmm. you know, Hooker's fought some of the best in the division, had some amazing fights, Dustin Poirier. Uh, I wouldn't say Michael Chandler because that didn't last very long. But, you know, the fight against Dustin Poirier, um, yeah. Paul, Fel- Paul Felder fights, he's been in and fought and had wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would be a good scalp for Makachev going forward. Mm. I, I don't think Dan Hook is the guy to derail mm. the Makachev train. Um, you know, there's a big, big, big fight coming up for Makachev if he was to win this fight. 
once everything plays out in the in the lightweight division, mm-hmm. obviously we've got Chandler and got um Chandler and Justin Gaethje, and we've got uh, Oliveira and Dustin all to come. You know, we've got Chandler and Gaethje next week. And then in December, mm. we've got Oliveira and Dustin Poirier for the title. So I think once that plays out, we'll find out when Makachev sort of lands. And Absolutely. So, yeah, I just wanted to say as well, Makachev last lost in 2015, Chris. Dan Hooker is on a two-fight win streak, as you alluded to. Lost to Poirier by a second-round decision. Uh, Five-round decision, sorry, should yeah, I say. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I have it on my notes here. Uh, Dan Hooker back in, you know, only five weeks notice for this fight. As you said, that could be a factor. That could be a factor which benefits Makachev. Are we moving on, Chris, or have we got some comments? No, we're moving on, Paul. Right, uh, I'll let you take I'll let you take the lead on this one as we have Lee Jing Lang against Kamazat Chimiev. I know we've spoken about Chimiev at length, Chris. Uh, you know, another one one of your ones that I know you like to, to watch. So yeah, how do you feel this will go at welterweight, as you can see on the graphic there? How's this one going? Oh mate, um, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see Hazmat Shamayev back in the in the in the octagon. Um, obviously he had COVID, didn't he? Was supposed to face Leon Edwards, which would have been a very interesting fight. That got postponed twice because they both got COVID. But unfortunately for Hazmat Shamayev, he he trained through COVID and got you know the worst the worst part of COVID, which he has which he's been out for a, quite a while now. I think he last fought last year actually Shamayev. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a tale of. Uh, Lee Jing Lang has, has the power, the knockout power. Uh, he's knocked out a few people. Uh, the um, Argentinian guy, his name's eluded me. He knocked him out in this last fight. Um, he, he's very powerful, uh, Lee Jing Lang. But the thing is, Shemaev has got fantastic. Was it, uh, was it Posner? Maybe Evo. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I thought so, mate. Yeah, yeah, which is a good, yeah, it was a good victory. Go. It was a good fix, you won it, Chris. You know, considering he he had he was doing quite well, wasn't he? You know, yeah, well, he was on, yeah, on a good run. He was on a good run. The thing is, it's like, like I say, Hazmat's got fantastic takedowns. You know, I mean, he trains at All Stars. He's got some big dudes in uh, All Star Gym. You know, not just as Gustafsson and uh, Manowar was there, wasn't he, Jimmy Manowar? But he's got Jack Horizon, who's in there. He's one of the best grapplers in middleweight, and he's got that to you know train with. The thing is with uh, Shemaev is, you know, he's that Eastern European wrestling and we've seen it time and time again with Khabib, Makachev. They're all, they've all got this really good pedigree with takedowns. And I think if, if Jay, Lee Jianjing, Jaylin can't knock out Shemaev, Shemaev's going to play with him on the floor. I think he's going to destroy him on the ground because I don't, I don't think he's got anything to answer for. And I think, I think Shemaev probably want to have this as a, well, want to get a finish here to put himself back on the map. He's been away for a while. People might have forgot about him. He goes and beats Lee Jianling. Don't think Lee Jianling's up there in the top 10 or maybe the top 15. Shemaev's in the... I think when we looked at it... I'd get it up now, actually, Stuart. Yeah, fight. Use, use it. This this is good. Uh, you're bringing this in, actually. Just give me a second. No problem. As, as we were saying, you know, what, what a card this is going to be. And yeah, there as you, you can, can see, you... there's your rankings. Yeah. So 3-0 Sh- in the UFC, Chris. Yep. Shemaev there. Um, oh, God, if I Ling Zhengling now, where are you? I did have him before, but this obviously eluded me now. There we go. Uh, it's quite, a, it's quite. If Chimmy can get through that, he's going to be right up there, isn't he? You know, if he takes out the number 10, 
Yeah, and, I, and Neil Magny has called him out numerous times as well. Um, so if he can beat Li Jianling, Neil Magny versus uh, Hazmat Shemaev could be a you know big possibility. And then you you look above then, and you know who he could fight after that. You know, there's Michael Chiesa, Jorge Masvidal, obviously Leon Edwards. We've got that to look forward to. Shark infested, shark infested as you work your way up. Yeah, um, but it could be you know. Imagine that you know Kamaru Usman, who's got fantastic wrestling against Hazmat Shamayev, who's also got fantastic grappling. It's 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 mouth watering to see the potential. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, great with the graphics there, Chris. I like that. Looking through there, and then are we going to move on to Makwan Amiakani versus our very own Leroy Murphy, Chris? Yes, we are, mate. And I'm looking forward to this one. We love we love our domestic fighters, to me and Chris. So yeah, how's this one going for you? What would you reckon? Okay, uh, I, I think Leon Rob, Leon Roberts now. Leon Murphy, sorry, is he's, he's he's got really good takedown. I think he's he's and he's he's going to make uh, Amokani is going to struggle. And he's only Amokani's last fight when he couldn't take the person down. I can't remember if he fought last. Um, it, it's gone past me again. But um, he struggled. Tried to go for that takedown. It got stuffed over and over again. Tied himself out on his back and got finished. Uh, I don't think he. No, sorry, he went to decision. Lira Murphy, as you've seen in this last fight against De Silva, um, Claudio De Silva uh, went to the, went the whole round, but the Claudio De Silva fought, I think, a few weeks ago and knocked the guy out. So you can see that Lira Murphy's fight against him was justified and how well the skill set is. I think Lira Murphy's just like I say, great takedown defense. He's got a really, really good cardio. He's slick with his boxing. He's very good with his knees. He's very good up against the fence as well, using that clinch work. Very in and out. Like I say, very good footwork with Lira, Lira Murphy. I think he's just going to stuff Marikani's uh, takedowns again. He's going to see that seen in this last fight. He's going to tire him out, and I think you're going to see a, probably a first round finish for Lero Murphy. And I think I'm going KO for Lero Murphy. I there think he's go. got a lot, a lot to do, Lero Murphy, but yeah. he's got the skill set I think to go further. There you go. Put your put your money on it on a KO victory. Chris Chris has said it first for Lero Murphy, and uh, there we go. Ramel Jan is going to establish himself as the best light heavyweight in this fight. After all the smack talk Anderson said in the last Bellator event, Chris. No, he's right. Um, like I say, they, they've had back and forwards. There's a uh, Anderson and Blahovic, but you know, uh, Corey Anderson is a good fighter. Was, you know, I mean, I don't think he was ever going to be a champion. I don't think he was ever can contend for the ch- championship. But um, you know, he's done well to Bellator, and as you say, he's gone there and he's getting paid and he's getting more money than he did in the UFC. So I've got no complaints. You know, what I mean, as much as you're doing it to fight, you're a businessman as well, aren't you? Yes, of course you are. Yeah, I yeah, know, you know, you know. That's 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 you. You're going to go for the money, aren't you? But yeah, Chris, I think um, are we going to move on to the boxing? Also, I haven't alluded to the fact that the card, that the prelims are five o'clock UK time, which will be like midday on the East Coast in America. Then into the main card, it'll be seven PM in the UK. So on the East Coast of America, it'll be two PM. So nice start time for us, Chris, for two sixty-seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really. I'm, Really looking forward to that, and I've got no football to distract me in the process. So. <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm glad you're winning. Glad. You're winning. You're winning um, on Saturday, mate. M- much we... less than what Everton did. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, before we go into boxing, Stuart, I'm just going to give a quick uh, promo for our, our video we just done with Steve Robinson. A minute Absolute, video. Absolutely, get it fired up. Nice one. Team making of the takeover. Now, I wanted to ask you this, but Dan Dan's putting it to you, which is great. Bit of football to close out. Dan, do you know what it is? Pissing us off, all these people are saying that's a disgrace, Newcastle are the richest club in the world, it's this, it's that, it's, you know, you've I'm got jealous. politicians, 
politicians are bringing it up, Keir Starmer's bringing it up. Listen, and them same dickheads will be the ones buying World Cup tickets and going to Qatar. You know, a place that have got the exact same same beliefs as Saudi, right? But the same people who are sitting calling will be going to Qatar and they'll be buying World Cup tickets. So everybody can piss off and appreciate <laughs> with being a shit team, right? With, with 52,000 people in the championships, still we had the highest attendance ever in a championship. And we've done this with no glory for 58 years, okay? Great insight there. What a guest he was, Chris. And uh, yeah. you, you can follow Mr. Robinson. He's on Instagram. It's Stephen Robinson underscore USSR. And he will he will in he will speak to you. Honestly, he's such an open book. Good guy really, is. Also, you can subscribe to powered4.tv on demand 7.99. You don't just get one promotion for your money, you get 30 plus promotions now. And uh, yeah, John and Rich doing a fantastic job. I'm back into the boxing, Chris. We move on. And uh, I got this totally wrong. <laughs> I got this totally wrong. I think my heart ruled my head with this one because Shakur Stevenson was absolutely slick against the veteran Jamel Herring, you know, a serviceman. Jamel Herring, great backstory. We, we did talk about the bad beef uh, prior to the fight. Stevenson, I thought, took a few low blows, but it was your typical thing pre-fight, wasn't it, Chris, to sell it? But all from what I could see was Stevenson with his jab and his slickness and so fast. Herring just couldn't get couldn't get in there. And you could see him wilting, and we had the 10th round stoppage, didn't we? Too good, um, too good. He he brought his A game, and uh, you can see there was like a, a passing of the guard there between Herring to Stevenson. Um, I could say too slick. The footwork was too much for Herring. I, I think he couldn't keep up the footwork of Stevenson. Um, the hooks, as you say, to the body, he was going you know low to high and low. Yeah, he, Herring struggled, but you know he got in there. He gave it a go. You know, and it, you know, it's it's just one of them. Stuart, where does Stevenson go from here? He can he can have Oscar Valdez, which he wants. Uh, you know, Javonta, Javonta Truck Davis has another fight straight away. Mm. They've even spoke. They've even spoke about him going up to face Lomachenko. Now we know Tiafimo Lopez has got all the belts there, but Lomachenko is still a huge fight for anybody. Oh yeah, I think Oscar Valdez will be the next one, but they're looking at Oscar Valdez to fight somebody else first. So maybe Stevenson would have another fight in between, maybe because he'd be waiting. He'd be waiting for Oscar Valdez, and that would be for unification. Uh, junior lightweight, as we know, as uh, super bantamweight here in the UK. But yeah, fantastic performance from him. Can we roll to the VT, Chris? Have we got the VT of Shakur Stevenson? Yeah, we have. Uh, I'll go to it now, mate. Play against Oscar Valdez next. But the story of Lomachenko has mentioned that he wants to go back to 130, and it's been talked about before. Uh, I'd love to see that fight. Do you think that's a fight that could happen that you'd push for? Uh, most definitely. Um, but last time I heard him, he said he was saying that 135. I've been called his name out several times. Um, when I called out Oscar Valdez on ESPN, I said Lomachenko um, first. So at the end of the day, I'm down for a fight. I don't duck, I don't duck no action. Um, I'm with everything. I've been in the ring with Lomachenko before. Um, I'm down with that too. Come on, Abby. <laughs> Shakur, uh, Bob has said that he wants to make Navarrete against Valdez. He, he has publicly said that. If for some reason that fight happens next and you don't get the fight with Valdez, I know that's what you want. But what other fight at 130 would interest you if not Valdez? There is no other fight. I feel like that's a lame thing to do. I feel like Navarrete is a 126 pounder. 
He went and got the 126-pound belt. I've been calling for Valdez. Um, I will feel like Bob is protecting Valdez if he go do that, so uh, I doubt he'll do that. Well, a lot, a lot of great fights to look forward to. Congratulations, Shakur. Appreciate you, Big thank you to Fight Up TV there for that visual. And uh, yeah, he's kind of setting his course there, Chris. It will be. He wants Oscar Valdez, I think, above anyone. And Ramel again, Miro TV. Herring versus Stevenson reminded me of Floyd versus Gatti. About Shakur was slick. Absolutely was. Yeah, London six shots. Little premise, premature stoppage. But Herring was getting beat up the whole fight. Uh, I, 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 They had to stop it in my mind, Ramel. It was just... Uh, he broke him down, and um, it was speed, slickness, as he, as he said. Uh, it was a fantastic performance from him. But you can see he's another guy that will go up the weights, Chris. Yeah, I, you, yeah. Can, you can you see, can and he see. wants it. He wants it too, yeah. though, which is great to see. You know, he's 23-24 as well. So the world is his oyster. Fantastic from Shakur Stevenson. And we're going to go back to the UFC now, Chris, aren't we? For the uh, Vegas card that we previewed last week, the huge main event. And it was Marvin Vittori versus Paulo Costa, Chris. So, yeah, what were your thoughts on uh, quite quite the battle after it was uh, meant to be at 185? We heard about Costa's problems making weight. He was well over 200 pounds, wasn't he? And, uh, you know, you always say the dedication somewhat sometimes is lacking from him, isn't it? Also, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, his fight with Kelvin Gustlin. He, he pulled out because uh, getting a hair transplant. Well, out watching this fight in a... I don't think the cameras did it any justice, mate, because I saw a bald <laughs> spot right on the crown of his head. So, oh, which you can see, which you can see there in the graphic, actually. Yes, you can. You, um, so he obviously needs to get that done because he's been done over there. Um, yeah, okay. We're going to minus the, the weight issues because that is hot topic. We all know that mm. Costa did not come in on weight. Um, and he was well, I think it was like 205. Apparently, someone said he wasn't that far off from Miotic when he fought in Garnu 2. Bloody hell. When he weighed in in the when he was you know his yeah, prior, in the fight, yeah yeah and then they're, obviously they're getting they're getting rid of their water water weight aren't they stuff like that. That's that's mind blowing isn't it how much he was over. Yeah I'm shocked and again I could say it's dedication and you know he Dana White's come out and said he, he want he wants him to stay at uh two oh five Costa doesn't want to, but if Costa can't make the weight, then unfortunately he's going to have to bow to what Dana says. But let's get into the fight because the fight was crazy. Absolutely fantastic it was, and I'll let you go first. I I, I wasn't expecting much. I, I thought that Costa would gas mm. quite quickly, and he did gas. Um, he heavy, heavy breathing, he was. But I think it, for both of them, not on that. Well, yeah, I'd say Costa's quite a natural heavy guy, and so is uh, Vittori. But, you know, they cut all that weight, and they're used to that weight at 185. So, you know, you can say, well, you know, Costa didn't have to cut much weight, but you're having to carry that weight that you know you don't normally carry. It does cause issues. Didn't cause Vittori issues. I think Vittori is just a, you know, he's a cocky twat, isn't he? And he was with uh, Izzy when they <laughs> had their press conference. But I like all that. I like all that sort of personality. But he didn't show, Vittori had no problem. Um, you know, we didn't really see much of a takedown in this. And I thought Vittori might have gone for the takedown. Um, it was all at war. Um, I was really impressed with Costa, though. Even though he was gassed, his leg kicks, every time he threw mm. a leg kick, you could hear the smack against uh, the leg or the, the stomach or even the head of the Tory. And it was hellacious. You could hear that, like, you know, the proper bang to it. And, um, you know, he caught um, the Tory a few times, not just with the kicks. He caught him with the, with the overhanded rights. He caught him with the jabs, the, the hooks, you know, he put, you know, he tried to get as much as he could out of himself, even though he was tiring. Tory looked good though. I've got to say this, the Tory, mm -hmm. 
even going up a weight surprised me. It, everything we've already did. You felt prior. I felt it's gonna it's gonna be in Paul, Paulo Costa's uh, wheelhouse. This. But Marvin Vittori did well, and he and he was he, he struck with him. He struck them because we were obviously saying, "Is he going to take him down?" And he did get him down, didn't he? But obviously, it was it was very brief, wasn't it? But he, he stuck yeah. to his strike. He stuck to his striking with one of the most feared strikers, you know, in the whole of MMA. And I think I think going forward, no, I think Costa could do do a world of good if he stayed at two hundred five. He's got the physique for two hundred five. Yeah. You know, he needs to manage his, his cardio better. He needs to manage his professionalism better when it comes to you know being in the division for the, that weight. But I have to agree with Dana White, and I think he should stay at 205. I think he could be a menace at 205. He doesn't have to cut all that all that weight to 185. You know, and yeah, okay, he's the bigger guy at 185, but you know that doesn't probably give any issues to is uh, is he because is he knocked him out as well? Um, no, I, I, I'm I think Costa should stay at 205. I think Vittori, obviously, it's going to it's going to be an issue for him because does anyone want to see him versus Adesanya free? I don't think so. I think he's going to have to fight whoever like. Maybe the the loser of uh, I can't his name's now Derek Brunson and Jared Jared as well because obviously they're fight they're fighting in January obviously yeah I don't it's difficult for Tory because he is stuck in a bit of no man's land because he's fought Izzy twice now maybe if Izzy lose, leaves the division goes up to two hundred five it could be then in prime spot because I mm-hmm. think Tory beats everybody in that division if if Izzy leaves I think Tory mm-hmm. can be middleweight champion. Um, I think he's just got too much for a lot of people in that division. Absolutely, absolutely. What a performance for him, from him. You know, you you always feel like he's going to, as he worked in previous fights at middleweight, he was taking people down at will. But it was good to see striking, you know, striking a guy who we know can strike, you know. Also, Michael Bisping on commentary, you know, he knows better than most, Chris. He was saying about being at light heavy, you know, himself, he was a light heavyweight, yeah. wasn't he, initially in the UFC. And he's saying about the weight, and cutting the weight and then going down to middleweight himself. So he understood, didn't he, what was going on, you know, surrounding Paulo Costa and the weight issues. Hey, to be fair, Michael Bisping did really well at 205 when he first broke into the scene. You know, he lost a razor split decision against Rashad Evans, which then Rashad Evans fought for for the title straight after that fight. So, you know, he knows, yeah, I do agree. Bisping is a a really good commentator, a great analysis, but he's got the stories to back it up to go along with it. Yeah, he knows knows full well, doesn't he? It was good to hear that. It was good to hear him. Ramel, last week's fight, Sketch, is crazy as hell. I started watching fights as early as 2am with two monitors on. Watch Glory 79. Rico Shudwai is the king of kickboxing. Finished with a new Japan Pro Wrestling event. I did notice you had a load. You had like a list yeah. of, your, of your schedule, Ramel. That's good going that because I, I can't sit and watch all that. We, you know, so that's uh, me and Chris tip our hat that you managed to watch everything. Yeah, he, he was going for gold last week. Was Abs- Absolutely. Are we going into our UK fighters on the Vegas card, Chris? Yes, yes, mate. We're going Absolutely. Mason Jones. Mason Jones, a fellow Welshman as well. And a fantastic win for him against David Anama, Chris. So another victory for Mason Jones now. Uh, and what next for Mason Jones, Chris? I'm going to ask first before we look at the fights. Wow, that's a good question. Uh, I think Mason's a lightweight, isn't he? I think he is. I've lost my plot here. I think, yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, 155. Right, give me a second, and then we can all have a look together what, where, we, where we can go. With the, with the rankings. I've got to find him first. Um, no problem. It's fine. 
I think he'd be quite far down, actually. There we are. There you go. Mason Jones is ranked 53. You know, we got Paddy there, look, uh, ranked 56. But, that, you know, these mean nothing. At the end of the that, day, they're just, that they're could just be put a good, there. That could be a good fight, though, couldn't it? A battle of Britain with Paddy. I think Paddy's got bigger fights on the horizon, if I'm honest, though. Uh, but Jai Herbert's there, who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, he's ranked 39. Yeah. The Casey's there. You know what I mean? There's a few Brits, yeah. you know. He's, he's, you know I mean? If we, if we go back to Mason Jones, he, there's yeah. a few fights there. I think he can take Michael Johnson's up there. That would be a hell of a good fight. He obviously, Absolutely. Alan Patrick, he uh, was quite adamant in the post-match fight that he wants cut from the UFC because he didn't want to fight and he went running. Um, yeah, look, there's a lot of fights there for him to have. And how did you feel, how did you feel Mason Jones got on in the fight with an armor? Don't forget now, an armor's a 145er, yes? So uh, this is a, this is his first fight in the UFC, an armor. And he, he, he impressed me because he was striking Mason Jones really well and he was causing a lot of trouble with the jab and, and check hook over the top when they're both coming together in the centre of the octagon, Mason Jones has come out and said uh, in the post-fight that he did gas, which, you know, it's understandable. Um, it's, but it's just one of them. I think that the octagon control of Mason Jones, using the judo flips, putting him on his back and really putting a lot of pressure on him, even though he was gassed, you know, he did, he looked good. But it's, it's just one of them. It happens. I think he can go back, work on that, and then, you know, come back and fight again. Like Michael Johnson would be a hell of a good fight there for him. They're all, you know what's crazy as well? They're all trained down in South Wales. South Wales is like a hotbed. You know, they're at a level in those gyms. It's crazy, isn't it, Chris? You know, we always talk about, oh, you might have to go abroad to get your, you know, your camp. But it seems to be there's some really decent training facilities and regimes in these Welsh gyms, isn't there? You know, they're not, yeah. they're not leaving, yeah. they're not leaving like their hometown as such. Which is good to see, and it's. I mean, we always again, as you said, we, we used to speak about that Brits have to go abroad to learn the wrestling side, and you know, because obviously you remember back in the day, Brits were really good at striking, but didn't have any, mm. you know, they didn't have any sort of defence against a wrestler. But now that you're seeing the guys coming through, especially from Wales, they've just got it together, and they've, they've got the right, they've got the right gym, the right coaches, and you know, what I mean, I'm really excited to see where all these Welsh guys go, you know. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely. We're moving on to Jai Herbert's fantastic performance against Karma Worthy. You know, a vet of the game, Paul Felder had said like they fought years and years ago. And uh, as you've said in the uh, headline there, Chris, in a little over two minutes, he puts him away. How did you feel for Jai Herbert? We know, speaking last week, he needed a victory. He needed to get back in that win column. So, yeah, Chris, your thoughts on the fight? Uh, I thought uh, I'd said to you about uh, Worthy. Um, he's, I think he's been knocked out. And, and just under just over a minute in his last two fights, I thought Jai Herbert had the better striking. Jai Herbert was really good in Cage Warriors, and it was good to see the Jai Herbert Cage Warriors champion in this fight. Fantastic with his strikes. It was crisp combinations up against the fence, and Jai Herbert, I think, finished worthy with ease. That it was. Yeah. That, I mean, because the fight didn't go on for long. We're looking about what a minute or so. What me? There he goes. As I put there, just under two minutes. Uh, Jai Herbert looked really good. I think this needed he needed this for his confidence. He's fought against two big guys in his first two fights, so you got to. I, I, I'm not going to give him too much grief because it is what it is when it comes to that. He was unlucky against Trinaldo, um against Mascarano. Mascarano's you know very very good. He's, he's been in there with some big fighters, so it's all learning curves to Jai Herbert. But he's got to win now in the UFC, and let's hope now we can you know get this train going for himself. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Good, good win for him back in the win column. We look to see on his next outing who he gets, who he takes on. And yeah, another fantastic card. It, it delivered. It did deliver, did UFC Vegas, I felt, Chris. It's solid, yeah, wasn't no. it? It was a solid night of action again. So a good, a good precursor for obviously 267 and 268, wasn't it, Chris? Well, leading up to it, we, you know, I mean, we didn't have the most best main events in the fight night. So, Vittorian Costa, and the, I'd say the whole card was really, really good. Got your yeah, mouth watering for the next two weeks. Well, this weekend and next weekend's cards, because they're just unbelievable. You know, you know, going to 267 with Jan Blachowicz and Glover Deschera, uh, Peter Jan versus Corey Sanagan. And then next week, we've got Usman versus Covington too, which, you know what I mean? The build-up for that itself is going to be explosive because they hate each other. You know, Chandler versus Gaethje, you know, striker wrestler versus striker wrestler. Both, you know, gone in for the title. Both have come off losses from the title. You know, we've got the debut of Ian Gary, uh, Ian Gary, sorry. Uh, next coming of the, one of the best of Irish fighters that have come out since Conor McGregor, Alex Pashia, who's the last person to beat and knock out Adesanya in kickboxing. He makes his debut next week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, there's a whole array of fights as well that I'll, we'll get to next week for that card, but my an God. MMA, an MMA fan's, combat sports fan's dream, what we've got coming up. Absolutely. And we look forward to that and we'll be covering, we'll be previewing 268 next week and we will do all the post-fight analysis for you for 267 next week for episode 37, Chris. My word, we're getting through these episodes now, aren't we? And yeah, uh, yeah. To, clo- to close out, obviously... Dillian White pulled out from his, his fight coming up. So we've now got uh, the main event is actually Chantel Cameron versus Mary McGee. So it's a ladies fight again, Chris, which we always say about the women in MMA and boxing. They leave it all on the line, don't they, Chris? Yeah, they leave yeah. It all on. And this, this is going to be an absolute war between these two. Uh, it's a unification fight at lightweight between the ladies. So Cameron with the WBC super belt and then Mary McGee with the IBF title. And it's the first fight. Um, it's a semi-final, semi-final match of Matchroom's Road to Undisputed Champion at 140. So we're going to see more fights. There's going to be unification. Someone's going to have all the gold. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I was gutted. I was gutted about Otto Valen and Dillian White. And um, Eddie Hearn had offered Otto Valen Alan Babbage. So moving on, Alan Babbage takes on Eric Molina, a veteran. Eric Molina's took on the who's who at heavyweight, but Alan yep. Babbage. Alan Babich with 9 and 0. You know, Eddie Hearn has touted this guy. He's, he's very hot on him. You know, we don't hear too much about him in the matchroom camp. You know, when you see the heavyweights that Eddie's got. But Eric Molina, 28 and 7, Chris, you know, he's a veteran. It, it won't be an easy night, I don't think, for Babich, but at least he's come in. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a big card at the 0 2 on Saturday. Yeah, no, um, interesting to see, as you say, good for Dillian White and Otto Valen, you know. We were looking forward to that. We broke that fight down and we were excited for it. But again, I said to you off camera, why are these guys going too hard week out a week out before they fight? It's it's mental for me, you know what I mean? Um but it is what it is. I just you know, think, what do you well, think though? I think Valin Valin should have took on Babich, but he's obviously put off by something. Is it you know the fact that Babich is you know nine and nine and oh nine and zero maybe I, I'm just trying to work out what his headspace would be. He's ready to fight. He's gonna have to wait for White. Why not get in there with him? Maybe they, maybe this he didn't get he couldn't get enough sort of work on him. They couldn't get enough videos. He didn't want to go in there not knowing what type of fighter Babin is and you know didn't want to sort of get caught out because you know fighters can take fights a lot short notice and then get caught out 
for not doing their homework because they're just taking a short notice fight. It can happen. I can understand both sides of the story. Also, the zone is back at 199 because it's now for it because he it's obviously gone up. But you can get the zone. Uh, I don't know for how long, but it's it's back at 199. So if you want to subscribe there, they've got a lot of good content, the podcast side and stuff like that on there. So yeah, really good. Chris, what have you got coming up? And uh, yeah, plug plug the socials as well, if you uh, will. Nothing, mate. Just just us, just us two battling away. You know, I want to talk about our podcast as well. We've doing like fantastic numbers over the last what four or five days, Stuart. We're really 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 happy, and we thank you all for downloading our podcast Absolutely. on on Apple and on Spotify and all over the sort of platforms. Um, other than that, no, Stu, um, just us two, isn't it? And the, the amazing That's... fights that are coming up. Absolutely. Thank you for your comments and your reviews on Apple. It's on Chris's Apple account. So we can see a lot, a lot of American fight fans. And it's just been, it's been nice, hasn't it, Chris, that they, you know, they're really respectful about what we're doing. And uh, we're honoured. We're honoured to be, you know, humbled. It's it's great. It's great getting reviews, you know, makes it worth it for us. You know, we enjoy doing the show first and foremost, but uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. We're made up Apple and Spotify, you know, being fantastic. But you can also find this on other podcast apps as well if you don't use them too. Yeah. So we will be back. I think we'll be back next Monday, Chris, won't we? For episode 37. Yeah, yeah. That, that's fine I by think, me, mate. Uh, so we're review 267. We're a bit later this week. Work commitments and stuff like that. But thank you very much. Thank you for watching The Fighter Focus with Steve Robinson as well. Yeah. Uh, and that will be available in audio form probably by tomorrow. Fantastic. Um, yeah, thank you all for what you know sticking with us for two episodes today as well. I know it's a, you know it's kind of like bloody hell, but you know, we thank you all for your comments, your all lovely comments, and we really appreciate it. Just keep them coming. Absolutely, and we will see you next Monday. We have been Powerful.tv Big Fight Weekly. Thank you to John and Rich for giving us the platform as well. Chris, also, I'd be remiss to say I love the way you've done the graphics as well. We've changed our our graphics. Chris has been working hard behind the scenes with that as well. So, yeah, great job, mate. Great job. Fantastic on, on on the producing. And we will see you next Monday for episode 37 of Powerful.tv Big Fight Weekly. See you next week. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.